This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by our NAACP Image Award-nominated book, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation. Get it where all books are sold. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth's Table, welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years, and we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Kamini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, see How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. You know, I, uh, I read an article this morning about uh, the temperatures in the United States. So I, was, I was in my feelings about it. I just, you know, Uh-oh. I will admit that I did begin to worry. So I had to pray and I was like, you know, global warming is real. Global warming is real. So yeah. the temperatures yeah. are rising. I know. And as much as I love we love the warm months, I am I am looking forward to the, this heat breaking. <laughs> I am looking forward That's to right. that. How how are how are you doing today? Woo, I'm yet holding on. I've been watching my nieces, my toddler nieces. And I'm <laughs> I'm sure there's not gonna be a revelation to any of you, but toddlers make they're not good roommates. They are not good roommates. So you know Yes, yes, yes. Auntie uh Auntie hanging in there. And so listen, listen. they they are so cute and and so vivacious and very sweet. But yes, it is I mean they are a posse. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> they, are, they are something else. I love them. But boy, they keep me on my toes. They're keeping me busy. That's and right. So, That's right. But I'm so glad for us to be at the table, y'all, because we have a black woman rising episode. Yes, we do. Right? So excited. And we have been wanting to have our guest at the table. And we are so glad that she has been able to make it. Uh, We are so happy to introduce to you all Dr. Barbara L. Peacock. Welcome to the table, Dr. Peacock. How are you? (laughs) Great. It's good to be here. And I just want to say this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're looking forward to having a good time together at this sacred table. Amen. 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 I love, oh, we we are in for a treat. (laughs) I already feel my help. I already feel my help. Y'all, just in case you don't know who Dr. Barbara L. Peacock is, let me just read a little something to you about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this Black woman rising. Uh, Dr. Dr. Barbara L. Peacock is the award-winning author of Soul Care in African-American Practice. She received the Award of Merit from Christianity Today and the Martin Institute for Christianity and Culture and Dallas Willard Award announced Soul Care in African American Practice as the Book of the Year in 2021. In addition, she received an award from Christianity for Biblical Equity Mutuality and is a finalist with the Museum of African American History in Boston and Black Authors Matter. Her new book is Spiritual Practices for Soul Care 40 Ways to Deepen Your Faith. Doctor, uh, before full time ministry, Dr. Peacock had the opportunity to work for Mass. Brothers Department Store in Tampa, Florida, and on 7th Avenue in New York City. Afterward, she founded Bavar's 
fashion boutique in Somerville, New Jersey. And y'all cannot see what she's wearing, but she is slaying right now. Okay. In addition, <laughs> she was a personal shopper and did wardrobe consultation. Okay. Dr. Peacock is also committed to involvement in her community. And as a result, she served as a chaplain for the Sting WNBA basketball team. She also served as a national speaker with the Exponential Group, a fundraising organization founded by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson, author of The Prayer of Jabez. Currently, she serves with the Charlotte-based True Value of a Woman Ministry, Brave Works, and for Charlotte Prayer Network. Welcome to the table, Dr. Peacock. We're so honored to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. You know, I, we have so much to learn from you, but I would love to hear um, about your how you came to faith. How did you come to know Jesus Christ? What is that story? <laughs> you know, I, I think about... Uh, the song that says, somebody pray for me. <laughs> yes. Had me on their mind. Yes. They took yes. the time to pray for me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, I was raised in the country. When I say country, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think uh, Andy Griffin or Barney could say it best, country. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was raised in the country back up in the woods uh, in the early mm -hmm. 1900s my great-grandfather purchased 150 acres of land in Columbus County. And we were blessed to be raised Amazing. on that farm. So I was raised with a multiplicity of animals, cows and pigs and horses and goats and chickens. You name it, rabbit, mm -hmm. we had it. We didn't, have mm -hmm. a, we didn't have a turkey. And I felt some kind of way about that because my auntie had a turkey. And so you well. about jealousy, uh, <laughs> because we couldn't have a turkey. But I was raised on a farm and I was raised in a very contemplative space. And mm -hmm. so it's out of that space that I speak and as I share and I write. Sometimes we wonder why God allows us to experience certain things. But one thing about God, he's never waste a thing. So within that environment that uh, I was raised in, and my great-grandfather that I just mentioned to you was the founder of a church and school. I went to elementary school at the school that he was one of the founders of. And I went to church at one of the places he was founded. Mm -hmm. And it was at the revival of, this may, This is going to date me. This is going to date me. Don't <laughs> That's date me. all right. That's all right. It was at the fall revival of 1967. Come on. <laughs> I love it. That I was excited about going down to what you call the mourner's bench. So yes. the mourner's mm -hmm. bench is the space where you come to repent and to give your life to the Lord. So it was in that space that I gave my life to the Lord. I was ready. I didn't need a lot of convincing, but the women, I call them a great cloud of witnesses. The women that were down there, these are living witnesses, not witnesses that have gone on to be with the Lord, but active living witness in the faith community. They swarmed around me and they said, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Just ask Jesus to come into your life. And my sisters, guess what? I believed them. I believed it when they said Jesus loves you. So it's out of that background. It's out of that tradition. It's out of that faith. It's out of that farm. It's out of that community that I gave my life to Christ forever. Oh, we love it. We love a good story. testimony story. We love a good story of of the of, of the Lord coming to get his child. And so uh, thank you so much, Dr. Peacock, for sharing that. When you uh, when you said the the mourners bench, 
that uh, tapped me on my shoulder, made me think about churches that I've been in, the traditions that are part of my family's history. And I just thought for a moment about how disconnected some people are from the idea of the mourning element of repentance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that we can mourn before the Lord as he transforms us into something new. And so I just would love for you to talk a little bit about that that mourner's bench and the way that you see that created in other spaces today. Yes, I. Um, the mourner's bench there, the initial piece in establishing a relationship with the Lord, being sorrowful for your sin, but knowing that that sinful moment doesn't end there. The word tells us if we say that we have no sin, we are a liar and the truth is not in us. So I think we should mourn for our sins daily. We need to repent daily because unrepented sin affects your relationship with God and your relationship with others. And it's nothing wrong with being sorrowful for your sin. I, uh, I was reading here about the soul in this message translation uh, by Eugene Peterson. And in chapter two and chapter uh, in chapter 42 and chapter 43, he talks about being down in the dumps. And so if you're down in the dumps, guess what you're doing? You're mourning, you're crying, you're, you're wondering what's really going on. So he says, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Do we do we cry the blues periodically? Amen. That means we are mourning. Amen. And then he says, fix my eyes on God. So it, when we mourn, when we're crying the blues, when we are lamenting, we must be mindful that it's not forever. It's just for a season. And, and repenting is just part of our daily disciplines, you know, uh, f- f- spiritual disciplines. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. So when we mourn, we have seasons of mourning. We mourn losses. We mourn uh, losses of loved ones. We mourn losses of job. We, we lo- mourn losses of finances. Mourning is a part of life, but mourning draws us closer to the Lord. And it's interesting, uh, the commonality between mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, and mourning, M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Knowing that the mourning is not forever because the M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G is not forever. Hallelujah. She's coming. Because the mourning, the M-O-R-N-I-N-G is coming. And that's why the psalmist says weeping, this sad time, this sorrowful time, this grieving time, uh, this repentant time, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. And so um, Mm. to be honest with you, I was mourning with the you this morning. Mm, mm. And I was looking for a solution. And so my solution was to go to the word because the word has a, the word is a healing bomb. But so often we think about who can I call? Who can minister to me? What can I read? What can I write? But the word God says, hide it in your heart that we may not sin. So in my morning, I went to the word 
And, and then I reached out for sisters to pray with me. Amen. But then God reminded me. And it was such a blessing. He reminded me. He says, Jesus is our great intercessor. Yes. And he sits. So often we forget this. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. The right hand. Making right decisions for our lives to be right on our behalf. Come on. Yes. He knows what we need before we say Mm -hmm. it. The scripture says the Holy Spirit prays for things we don't even know what to pray for. So after I was mindful Mm -hmm. in my mournful moment Mm -hmm. in the morning, Mm -hmm. I got joy because I didn't have to wait for another night. I got joy when I thought about Jesus, the great intercessor. Mm -hmm. I got joy when I thought about the Holy Spirit praying for what I don't know what to pray for. That's right. So yes, mourning is a reality. We're not going to get through this life without it, but it doesn't last forever. Mm. Amen. Amen. That was a word. Morning in the morning. I love that. You know, um, well, your mindfulness, find mindfulness yeah. in the morning. And this happened this morning, you know, I, um, that's, that's a word. Thank you, Dr. Peacock. Um, you know, I, as you were talking, it made me think about, um, a question about, you know, how you were saying, you know, we, we looking over here, we're looking over there for solutions, you know, but the word of God, you know, is, is full of, uh, of answers and wisdom and all kinds of things that we need. Right. Um, it, it's the words of, it has the words of life for us. And I'm wondering why is it in your years of, you know, spiritual direction, which we, we will ask you about what that is in a, um, uh, later on in the show, but I'm wondering why it is. Um, and just from what you've observed, you know, from the, um, knowing so many Christians at different, um, uh, times in their walk, why is it that we don't usually turn to the word first? Why is it <laughs> that we tend to seek elsewhere instead of going straight to the word of God uh, first? Well, I think there's a multiplicity of reasons. And I'll start with a basic one. This morning, you know, repentance is good for the soul. Amen. So uh, this morning I was on two prayer calls. Both amazing and both had the word. Both had amazing prayer. And then before I knew it, I was into a meeting. Mm-hmm. So what had I missed? I had missed the foundation, the most, even though the prayer was good and even though the scripture was good in the reading, but I had missed the fundamental foundation of spending time in the word for myself. Because no matter how good the preacher or the teacher or the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist, no matter how good, can't nobody speak to you better than the Holy Spirit. Come on. And so then when I had a bump in the road, because I had come away from my necessary foundation, I was looking for something else. So when we don't set things in place initially, It doesn't take too long for us to stray. And there's so many things uh, grabbing for our attention. Mm -hmm. And we're so used to taking a pill or listening to a podcast or talking to a friend and getting answers. Well, God is saying, hello, Uh, did you knock on my door today? I'm the answer. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
So he's knocking even if we're not listening. And then eventually we hear. So I think it's the static in life. I think it's not setting the, the proper foundation from the from the onset of the day. It's, it's our busy schedules. Yes. And and and, and there's an acronym. I, I have an acronym in my book, uh, Spiritual Practices for Soul Care. I don't know if we'll get to that today. But there's an acronym for busy. And some of you may ha- have heard it before. Surely I've heard it before. But no matter how many times I've heard it before, it needs to be fresh today. Sure. Do either of you have either of you heard of the acronym for busy? No. What What is it? Please tell busy. Me. Mm-hmm. Ac- it's just an acronym. I'm not saying it's gospel. Okay. I know. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> busy is under Satan's yoke. So if Satan can get us busy, he can cause wow. us to be distracted from what we ne- really need to be doing. And so. When we pull away from that foundation, we just floundering out there. We're flopping all over the place. Mm. We're like a bird without wings. I'm falling. (laughs) Come on. I have never heard the acronym before. Busy uh, under under Satan's yoke. yoke. Jesus said it's easy, but Satan likes for us to be distracted. Absolutely. He likes because that's how he can sift us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we Mm -hmm. do. As we yeah, exactly, ooh, we distract, distracted and bound. Yeah, um, just yeah. Thank you so much. I I have a feeling, Akimini, that people are listening right now, and they are evaluating all kinds of things. <laughs> they are they are having a moment right now. I said to God, Lord, I was like, well, why am, why am I experiencing this today? Mm-hmm. He said, because mm-hmm. I want you to be where the people are. Mm. you can't you can't Mm. share anything if you haven't been through it and it's not that i haven't been through it but i went through it again today yeah Hmm. yeah wow wow thank you thank you for serving and already pouring out i mean akimini alluded to it but i want to take a moment just to to help you educate our audience i know that a significant part of your work is in this area of spiritual direction and if you could just unpack that for us, what what does that mean? I mean, I know we have people who uh, maybe a small, small percentage who themselves are spiritual directors who listen, but I think most people don't have good handles on what what that actually is. And so can you tell us what spiritual direction is and why why it can be such a rich blessing and resource to one's life? Yes, uh, spiritual direction has a multiplicity of definitions. So you see the book's you all can see the books behind me. <laughs> I have books in front of me and some on the side. So I've read a lot of definitions for spiritual directions. But it's important uh, for us to know that when God calls us to a special assignment, that we seek the definition he has for us about that assignment. So as a spiritual director, beyond all the definitions and the writings, I have boiled it down to two words. I'm going to give you an, a, 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 a definition that's a little bit longer, but initially I just want to use two words, doctor, and it's loving listening. Loving listening. Spiritual mm-hmm. direction is loving listening. So let me back up a little bit to how spiritual direction falls in our faith community. Because spiritual direction is not a new terminology. It's new to us. And spiritual direction falls under the umbrella 
of spiritual formation. That may be another new word. And so spiritual formation is just what it says. It's the forming of the spirit of us by God and by the spirit, spiritual formation. So spiritual formation is like spiritual maturity or discipleship or Christian education. So that's the big umbrella. And then spiritual direction, like Bible study and spiritual disciplines are under the umbrella of spiritual formation or discipleship or, or education. And so the longer definition of this ancient practice, spiritual director, because everything that we do should point back to the B-I-B-L-E. If we can't find traces of it, just like we don't have the word Trinity in the Bible, but we understand the Trinitarian theology. So there, 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 there's representation of the theology, there's representation of disciplines that may not be spelled out in the Bible. So the longer definition of spiritual direction is sitting with a person or groups of people to help them better discern the activity of God in their life. Always remembering that the spiritual director in this case that we're talking about is a little D, but the spiritual director is with a big D and he is the Holy Spirit. And so why do I say it's loving listening is because it's not spiritual direction is knowing and probing and seeking God for the right question to ask the directee and to pull it out of them. Proverbs 20 and five says counsel in the heart of man. And I add woman, it's like deep water, but a person of understanding will draw it out. So the, the spiritual director is to draw it out through a question and to listen to the directee, what the directee is saying, but also what the directee is not saying. So, Basically, a spiritual director really needs to be focused and centered to what the Holy Spirit is saying during their time with a person or groups of people during loving listening. Thank you so much for that. Um, just comprehensive understanding. And that was really very helpful because, yeah, spiritual director, that terminology for me you know, as a bit newer, was a little bit foreign for me. Um, and so thank you for breaking that down. I would imagine there's some some folks at our table that also maybe didn't know. So now we just got a beautiful lesson, loving listening. I love that, you know. So we're going to take a quick commercial break so that y'all can take in all of the wisdom, the, the several words that Dr. Peacock has already... <laughs> given to us. Uh, and we'll take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will be right here at the table with Dr. Peacock asking her more questions um, and gleaning more wisdom um, about her work and her ministry and just who she is. We are so grateful for you, Dr. Peacock. So we will be right back. Don't go nowhere. Keep it locked. <laughs> Our NAACP Image Award nominated book, Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is making waves and shifting culture. I closed this book feeling like I had just partaken in a multi-course meal filled with grace and the courage to carry on. And I believe you'll finish this book feeling the same way. Morgan Harper Nichols, artist and poet. Buy Truth's Table, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love and Liberation at our website or wherever books are sold. 
All right. We are back at the table with Black our Black Woman Rising guest, Dr. Barbara L. Peacock. Um, I, I can't wait to re-listen to this episode and write notes. Because <laughs> right when I finished recording, I'm like, I need to go get into work. Um, so <laughs> I need to get into work now. Uh, and so uh, Dr. Peacock, you know, uh, just hearing you talk about spiritual direction and just um, how much it, it just exuded a lot of wisdom and a lot of grace, a lot of love and compassion. And I'm curious about, um, as one who has been discipled for uh, many years now, I, I, I have been blessed um, to have the same mentor. I use that interchangeably, but mentor since I came to faith. So almost 20 whole years, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie Evans has been walking with me and I'm so grateful for her because she definitely exudes loving listening okay yeah. um and uh but i'm curious what is what if any is there a difference between discipleship and spiritual direction and if there is what what is the difference um thank you so much one of the things that um it may not be in the uh information that you shared earlier i don't know if i sent it um uh, but i was i had the opportunity of uh being on staff at a mega church for 14 years and we've been at that church some 20 some years now and uh, when I served there, I was minister of discipleship. That's the great commission to go and to make disciples. And as I was sharing earlier, that um, Christian education, discipleship, uh, Christian maturity, spiritual formation, those are the headers. Those are the umbrellas. Um, and under that umbrella is spiritual Direction. It's just one discipline. The disciplines um, that we practice, whether praying or silence or meditation or contemplation or the prayer of examine or disciplines like Lectio Divina and Visio Divina, they have one purpose to make us better disciples, to draw us closer to God. And so uh, that is how spiritual direction is really one way to be disciple. Just like we need count, just like we need counselors and mentors and therapists and coaches. Those are all people in special areas. They all serve differently. I'm a firm believer that we all need a spiritual director. The spiritual director is not trying to fix you. The spiritual director is seeking one thing. What is God saying? What is God saying? They're not trying to help you become the president, the vice president, figure out your problems. What is God saying? Where is God working? Does that help a little bit? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I've, I have found that to be at the, the core struggle or tension for believers, whether they are new in the faith or whether they are seasoned in the faith, so to speak, although we are always children of God, right? Yes. Um, that there is this, this longing for clarity about what is God saying to me in this moment, or maybe sometimes distracting ourselves from hearing even what God is actually mm -hmm. saying to us in the moment as well, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the busyness is, is avoidance too, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, have, I have found uh, spiritual direction over the last few years to be just so important. Um, as, especially as I think we're seeking to grow in our maturity, to move from milk to meat, 
to really to be still and to know that God is God and to honor God's voice. And so um, I'm so grateful for the work that you do. And even as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, we come from very different tradition, different cultural lenses and vantage points, right? So some traditions are very heavy on um, on contemplation and stillness. And then you have other traditions that uh, are much more expressive, uh, whole body, somatically expressive. And all of those things, there is space for that. But I wonder, um, Dr. Peacock, can you talk a little bit about spiritual direction in the lives of Black women and Black Christian women and what may be some of the unique gifts that it has to offer? And, may, and what also might be some of the places in which you could imagine or you've seen Black women avoid that type of, 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 of nearness or support or direction? Yes. Uh, in my book, Soul Care and African-American Practice, I identify 10 spiritual leaders that practice deeper dimensions of spirituality. And I put them through the lenses of formation and direction and prayer, mainly those areas. Also in my book, I use the terminology soul care and spiritual direction synonymously. There are many ways that soul care is used. Soul care is even used to describe cosmetics. But in my first book, well, not my first book, but my first book on soul care. In my first book on soul care, we look at the commonality of spiritual direction and soul care. In my second book, Spiritual Practices of Soul Care, I use soul care in the sense that these are things we can do as women that can help us draw closer to the Lord. And I start off in part one talking about soul care living, soul care living. And the first discipline is loving today. Learning to not just love others, but sisters learning to be loved. You know, I can have all the pedicures and manicures and massages, but can't nobody take care of me like the Lord. So our first discipline daily, we should seek to incorporate the discipline of being loved by God because we live in a mean, chaotic, uh, power-seeking, segregated, narcissistic, Mm -hmm. egotistical, society of classism and sexism, we need to know, first of all, that we're loved by God. So when we walk into a space, we're not trying to walk in with our own energy and our own designer clothes and our own designer bags. I love all of that. You heard my fashion background. But if I don't have the authority (laughs) and power of the Lord when I walk in, I'm already in a minus position. So disciplines we can practice. We can practice the discipline of loving. Also in part one, practice the discipline of praying. All of the disciplines in the book, spiritual practices for soul care, end in I-N-G, 
So the first part is loving today, worshiping today, praying today, lamenting today, celebrating today, and experiencing God today. So it becomes active. And I identify 40, I identify 40 disciplines in this book that you can incorporate to empower you and to better equip you to serve in the kingdom, in the marketplace, and in your home today. And, and I bring in home because if home is not in order, we're perpetrating when we step outside the door. Come on. Perpetrating is what it is. Mm-hmm. So our, our, our lives should represent Christ in all that we do. The other thing is making room to listen and to hear from God. Because when you know God is directing you a certain way, no demon in hell can stop you. So we're not going to enter this world. We're not going to enter the marketplace without a fight. But we need to understand who our fight with, who our fight is with. And we need to understand who we are in the kingdom. I hope that answers some of your question. It does. And, 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 um, and our fight is not with each other. That's right. That's right. That's right. That part. We need to stop fighting each other. We need to stop being crabs in a barrel. Mm. We need Mm, to encourage one another and support one another and lift up one another and pray for one another and call one another's name and have tea and coffee and lunch and dinner and send gifts and, and words of encouragement to one another Mm -hmm. as the Lord puts someone on your heart. Mm. Amen. You know, that, that last piece about when you, when you know that it is God's direction for you, God's plan or promise for you, there is no demon in hell that can distract you, but there's also no doubt in your own mind that God's promises and plans for you can speak to your own contradictions. It can speak to your own doubts. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful reminder, even for me, as I listen to you, that even when my doubts come up, to remind them of God's promises, to remind them of God's direction and God's truth. Um, Eugene Peterson writes in Psalm 139, and I want to personalize this to the listening persons. God shaped you inside, then out. God formed you in your mother's womb. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, you are marvelously made. You worship God in adoration. Be mindful daily that God knows you inside out. He knows exactly every bone in your body. He knows you bit by bit. God sculpted you from nothing into something. Like an open book. God watch you grow from conception to birth. All the stages of your life were spread out before him. All the days of your life were prepared even before you lived one. If I know that about me, I'm in good shape. I'm in good shape. We're intentional people, intentionally made. Yes. Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. It's a it's a it's a beautiful and truthful reality um, that we must hold on to and cling to um, because of all of the forces against us that you you mentioned. You lifted up 
um, even earlier uh, in this um, segment of the show. Thank you for that. You know, um, uh, Dr. Peacock, you you mentioned uh, actually just toward the end of this, you mentioned how we're not each other's competition. And I think this is somewhat this is somewhat some family business that we don't always like to talk about or air out, you know, um, in the public. But there's a saying that says sometimes it be your own people. (laughs) And so so I'm, I'm curious about how is it that if there's a sister at the table or a brother in the standing room section who has real tensions and, and struggles, you know, um, with this, maybe the scarcity, I just call it a scarcity, you know, uh, mindset in which it feels like, you know, I, I got to get mine before you get yours, or there's not enough room for both me and you to shine, even though there's plenty of room for us to shine the light that God has given us. Right. Um, can you talk to that person? What are some spiritual disciplines that can help to undo some of that, that thinking and that scarcity mentality that sees not our brother or our sister, you know, as they really are, which is our brother and sister, but sees them as a competitor or sees them as an enemy. How can that begin to be, um, uprooted. And I wonder if there's even in your your upcoming book, Spiritual Practices for Soul Cares, 40 ways uh, to deepen your faith. I wonder if there's some nuggets and some jewels, you know, in that upcoming book that might help uh, the sister or the brother that has that that mentality that needs to be uprooted and changed um, so that they can think again, you know, renew their minds. You know, uh, when we were in elementary school, we would get a question with a few words but you ladies have questions with like uh, five sentences and I'm not mad at you. <laughs> you get all in. Amen. So uh, I-, I love the scripture, second Timothy two fifteen. It says study to show yourself approved a workman or work woman in need, if not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it's, it's, we think study is like memorizing the scriptures and memorizing the order of the Bible. But study is also studying who you are between those pages. Understanding who you are in the kingdom. Understand what God says about you. And when I'm more confident in what God says about me, I'm less likely to be intimidated by the wiles of the enemy. I'm less likely to be intimidated by the, what people say and what they don't say about me because I know my confidence is in the Lord. That's the biblical perspective. But also we need to know our Afrocentric perspective. Come on. Who we are as a people, mm-hmm. how we came from wealth, how we came from gold mines, how we came from a culture that was affirming. And not everything was perfect because there's no perfect world, but how we had spirituality before we came on these shores. And that's why I didn't, that's how I identify the inception of spiritual direction and soul care from an African-American perspective as the middle passage, because we were clustered together on ships and we were forced Mm -hmm. to care and to love and to tend to tend to one another. But prior to that, we were being stripped apart from our families and even after we arrived on the shores of North America, North America and South America and the Caribbean and so on and so on, we were stripped and separated. So knowing that the enemy loves us struggling and fighting with one another, so understanding the way of the enemy, but better understanding the way of the kingdom. So knowing who you are biblically, knowing your biblical history, knowing your genealogy and what what some of the formation 
And I am a big proponent of everyone writing, Dr. Christina, of everyone writing their spiritual autobiography. That is one of the requirements we have for entering our institute, Peacock Soul Care. Peacock Soul Care opened up in the fall of 2022, and we are the first African-American institute that offers certification in spiritual direction and spiritual formation, and we also have a leadership track. Beginning in the fall of 2024, our leadership track, we will be teaching on prayer and prophecy, a masterclass for prayer and prophecy. But our students that enrolled in 2022 will be entering to their third residency in spiritual direction, spiritual formation. And our next residency, which I hope Dr. Christina will be joining us, is in 2024. Amen. And so in the spiritual autobiography, in the writing of the spiritual autobiography, you write about from as far back as you can remember until your present the activities and you seek to see the activity of God. You look at the highs and lows and then the goal is to connect the dots. So when you write your spiritual autobiography, it helps you better understand your journey. So if I better understand myself, when I come into a space, I can be more accepting of others. That's just amazing. Amazing. And we, and we, uh, we honor and salute you. One of the reasons why you are here today and we're so grateful to be, be able to interview you is uh, so much, so much wisdom that you have to give, and you have given so lavishly <laughs> to to others. I mean, I, I have not had many experiences in your presence, but I always leave listening to you or reading from you, blessed and encouraged. And so, I would uh, commend your work to our audience as well as those who are discerning spiritual direction. Um, th- this institute, which is one of a kind led by an African-American woman. And we just want to honor you and salute you uh, for that, that work that is going to bless generations. Um, we, we also want to know if there are other things that you would want to leave our audience with. Now, they know to go out and get these books. They know to go out <laughs> and, and to examine the busyness of their lives. I'm going to do that as soon as we get off of this recording. <laughs> um, but, I, but we oftentimes ask people, if they're feeling prompted in some way to share something with our audience, and we have people who are from all kinds of places going through all kinds of things, as only you could imagine, Dr. Peacock, is there something that you feel led to share to our community today? Yes. Uh, earlier, thank you so much. Earlier, we talked about um, our uniqueness. So it's important that we understand our uniqueness and our differences but it's also imperative that we understand the commonality of our spirituality with all humanity. Um, The next thing I would like to share is the importance of rest, that much of the challenges that we have with our health and with our mental state and with our clarity of direction is because we do not pause and take time to rest. We do not take the time to observe the Sabbath. Exodus 20 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. On six days, we are given to work. And on the seventh day, we are to rest. To rest is to trust God. And so 
I'm, I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm doing this over here. I'm doing that over there I, or, or, or whatever else I'm doing. I just, I just, God just put this on my heart, the call to rest, the call to exercise, the call to be. And so one of the, um, I would like to read a poem with you about the need to be silent. Can I do that? Please do. Thank you. It is now that we enter this space, a holy space, a consecrated space, a space for you, a space for me, a space for we, but most of all, a space for thee. Silence your mind. Silence your heart. Silence your soul. Be fully present. Be fully here. Let go of yesterday. Let go of today. Let go of tomorrow. Let go of the very now. Be fully present. Be with you. Be with your neighbor. Be with God. Be with we. Be with he and be with she. But most of all, be with thee. Silence your mind. Silence your heart. Silence your soul. Silence your thoughts. Silence your agenda. And just be. Just be. And just be with the powerful powerful thank you so much dr peacock i mean i feel so much calmer <laughs> uh just wash over over me um and i'm sure christina feels the same and i would imagine our listeners also um feel the same thank you so much dr peacock can you um quickly before we go just tell our listeners where they can follow you follow your work get connected to your ministry just you know just so that they have some of that tangible <laughs> connection points to you you can follow me on facebook twitter instagram and linkedin um and the name to look for is barbara l peacock Barbara with the L and Peacock. Mm-hmm. You can also follow me on Barbara L Peacock Ministries.com or Peacock Soul Care.com. Did I say Twitter? You did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and sure a bit of TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm not so good on TikTok, but I'm out there. <laughs> wow. Hey, you're ahead of me. I am not on better than me. <laughs> you're better than us. We I are not on TikTok. I, I haven't ticked the talk. <laughs> I don't much either, but I, I have an account. There you go. That's right. Sorry. Yesterday, uh, I received 
uh, an email, a text email from my grandson who is nine. And so he just got his email yesterday at nine years old. He just turned nine. And so he could not wait to email his Mima. So also out there with my grandson on the email. I love that. But uh, those are ways that you can follow me or find me. And and it's important that for, um, if you're going to follow me with Barbara L. Peacock Facebook, go to my author's page because my personal page is full. And if you would like more about Peacock Soul Care, our certification program, or our classes in the fall, Go to our website or you can inbox us there for more information and we will get back to you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Peacock. Sisters at the table, just want to reiterate that you can purchase Soul Care in African-American practice and well, pre-order um, spiritual practices for soul care, 40 ways to deepen your faith as that book is going to be um, coming out uh, soon as well. And thank you, Dr. Peacock, for sitting at the table with us. Um, and of course, we want to thank our sisters at the table for taking a seat with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts. Gosh, you know, Twitter's changed so much. I don't even know. We got we to gotta update that, y'all. But anyway, send us your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag Truth Table. And Black women, did y'all know that Truth Table has a Black women's dis- Facebook discipleship group? Well, you do now. So go on Facebook. Make sure you follow Truth Table and join our Facebook group today. Make sure you answer all the entry questions and you will be brought into the group. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth Table or email us your thoughts about this episode at asktruestable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truestable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truestable. Truestable's audio producer is Joshua Heath. Our video producer is Daryl Bradford and Truestable's executive producers and hosts are Akemini Uwan and Dr. Christina Edmondson. We'll see you soon on the next Truestable. Bye y'all.